0: Old radio Old Radio Old
1: Radio Old
0: Radio Old Radio Comedy Comedy
2: Podcast Podcast.
0: Welcome to Episode Ninety Eight of Season Four of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Ed Gardner's character Archie, on the comedy-variety sitcom Duffy's Tavern, remains one of the iconic radio characters from the golden age of radio. The show was immensely successful, running from 1941 to 1951 on various networks and spawning hundreds of actual Duffy's Taverns across America during its run. The show featured many high-profile guest stars, including Lucille Ball, Bing Crosby, Rex Harrison, Boris Karloff, and dozens and dozens of others. In the early days of the show, the title was changed twice, to just Duffy's and then to Duffy's Variety, when the sponsor, Bristol Myers, demanded the change, as they thought the inclusion of the name Tavern promoted drinking too much for certain sensibilities. After a few episodes, the name was restored to Duffy's Tavern, after the sponsor admitted that they only had a handful of protesting letters to go on. Harry Einstein, professionally known as Harry Park and Parkia Carcass, became famous on the Eddie Cantor and Al Jolson radio shows as the Greek ch- chef Nick Parkiercis. He appeared in eleven films as the same character from 1936 to 1945. As a result of his popularity on these radio programs at films, he was given his own radio show, Meet Me at Parkies, which ran from 1945 to 47 on NBC Radio and 47 to 48 on the mutual broadcasting system. Sheldon Leonard, Elliot Lewis, and Betty Rhodes were part of the cast, with Rhodes doing most of the singing numbers in addition to her acting. The show's premise was of a Greek restaurant called Parky's, run by Einstein, and the daily adventures that occurred there. Now sit back and enjoy the May 18, 1945 broadcast of Duffy's Tavern, and the September 2, 1945 broadcast of Meet Me at Parky's.
3: We take you now to Duffy's Tavern, starring Archie himself, Ed Gardner.
4: Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where do you me eat me Deed. Archie the manager speaking, Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy, I-, I tried to call you. How come your phone has been so busy? Oh, Mrs. Duffy's been beating you over the head with it. Well, don't you know that it ain't patriotic to tie up the phone like that? Oh, she limits herself to five minutes <laughs> Huh? Well, I've been very busy here today, Duffy Yep, got here at the crack of noon uh, Polished up the bar Cleaned all the glasses uh, Shoveled a pad through the sawdust
2: uh,
4: Whitewashed the cream cheese uh, <laughs> Shredded some horse meat for the chicken a king Yep, very busy. Erased all the poems in the phone booth. (laughs) Yes sir, Duffy, I have become a regular beaver. Well, I feel I got somebody to work for and protect now since I met Dolly Snapple. But well, you don't know her, Duffy. She's so little and soft and defenseless. She makes me feel like a mother hen. <laughs> yep, don't be surprised if some of these days you have found out that I entered the state of wedlock. It ain't a state, it's a dictatorship.
2: <laughs>
4: Duffy, don't be so bitter. Don't forget that uh, Cupid once shot you with his little arrow, too. Oh, you he stabbed in the back. <laughs> well, regardless, Duffy, and, uh, in view of me nuptial plans, I am hereby asking you for a five dollar raise. What? Duffy, it sounds like you said okay. You did? Duffy, I'll call you back, I gotta go and paint. Let's see now, I get fifteen bucks a week, the five dollar raise will bring it up to twenty. Let's see how much that is a year. It's, uh, 365 days a year, seven days a week. Seven shoved into 365. <laughs> That's four, two, six. No. Guess I'll have to do it by averaging. <laughs> Let's see. X stands for fifteen bucks. Uh, divvy it by the dominator. Uh, square the hypotenuse. Uh, <laughs> remove the six. Uh, discard the deuce. Uh, <laughs> Cancel out the common equator. That's, uh, nine, seven, four. Uh, shove over the zypher. Uh, subtract Labor Day. That's an annual income of $324,000. It's
2: a little high. I
4: wonder where I made me mistake. Let's see. I better figure this again. Uh,
1: well, what, what you trying to figure there?
4: Oh, Eddie, guess what? Duffy, just give me a raise. I have skyrocketed up to 20 bucks a week. Way up there, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, do you feel ice forming on your wings? <laughs> Boy, 20 bucks a week. Me and Dolly can live like a couple of queens. And, Eddie, this is only the beginning. In mm-hmm. time, in time, Eddie, I'm going to own this place. Lock, stock, and barrel.
1: Yeah, well, that's good. The lock is rusty and the stock ain't much, but at least you'll have something to wear. <laughs>
2: Yep,
4: and from here on in, I'm really going to devote all my time to business. You see, Eddie, since I met Dolly Snaffle, I got a goal in life. When you got a goal, well, then... You got a goal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, Mr. Archer, you still keeping company with that gal after she after what she did last week? I was running out on you with uh, that Mr. Linkletter.
4: Eddie, her going out with Linkletter didn't mean a thing. She only did it because she was mad at me.
1: Why was she mad at you?
4: On account of I asked her not to go out with Lake Ladder. <laughs> so she went out with the guy, Eddie So what? Believe me, her heart wasn't in it well, I don't know about her heart But the rest of her sure looked like it was enjoying it, Seth <laughs> Eddie, don't be so cryptic about human motives You only went out with the guy because she wants to be nice to my friends Well, that's nice Yeah
1: And yeah, that's, yeah, that's just like my girlfriend, Sonia Jones, you know Yeah, yeah she says she wants to be nice to my friends, But sometimes
2: I don't seem to have an enemy in the world
4: Don't tell me about that Sonya The way she pushes you around I don't know why you don't break off with her I can't break off with her She'd kill me Well, then why don't you marry her? Same reason Well... With me and Dolly, it's different. Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, hello, Finnegan. Uh, did you hear the news? I'm thinking of
5: taking a dive. Uh, you mean Duffy's going to sell you this place? No.
4: no. Not that kind of a dive, Finnegan. I am uh, think I'm uh, thinking of marrying Dolly Snapple.
5: Oh, so I knew it would happen. Uh. First time I seen you look at her, I said to myself, so you and I said, you may as well face it. Someday you're going to lose him. I thought you and me has always been so close. Now you want to break it up just for a dame? Why?
4: Well, to explain it in military terms, Finnegan, she has the strategic advantage of terrain. (laughs) (laughs) But it ain't gonna make no difference in our friendship, Clifton. You can come and visit us on weekends. Yeah. Take you home to dinner once in a while. Yeah. And when our first little patter of feet is born, we'll name it after... No, that would be tempting
2: fate.
5: (laughs) But what I mean is, uh, we'll still be the same old friends. You know, I've seen it happen to Warpens. When a guy marries a dame, he develops other interests. Well, why not...
4: (laughs) Why not fight fire with fire? If I get married to Dolly, what's to prevent you from doing
5: the same? Uh, don't be silly, Arch. What would Dolly do with two husbands? <laughs>
2: two
4: husbands. Spinning in...
5: I am not suggesting bigotry.
4: <laughs>
2: I'm
4: merely suggesting that you get a dame of your own, just like I did.
5: So, uh, I you change it for you. You've always been around girls, but to me, I'm different. I led a sheltered life yeah, your mother was a little straight-laced, wasn't she? Was she? You know, I was 23 years old before she let me read the lady's side of the laundry list.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, naturally, dude. now when I meet a dame face-to-face, I'm scared to death.
4: Well, don't forget, they're just as
5: frightened as you are. <laughs> George, you're just saying that to make me feel good. Oh, no, I ain't.
6: Hello? Archie again. Well,
5: dream girl, I was just talking about you. Uh, look, God, I'm getting out of here. If you want me, to, just whistle.
6: <laughs>
4: okay, Finnegan. Gee, Dolly, I couldn't wait for you to get here.
6: Oh, I'm sorry, Archie, but I've been up at Macy's all day. They are the cutest salesmen up there. You know me. I have absolutely no sales resistance.
4: Dolly, what is it about you? Must you be so congenital with every guy you oh. see?
2: <laughs>
4: I sincerely hope it ain't gonna be like this after we're married.
6: <laughs> well, that's
4: a load off me,
2: Mike.
4: <laughs> uh, tell me, baby, did you buy anything at Macy's? Uh huh. What? things. What?
6: Some unmentionables.
4: Oh, me, I like long underwear.
6: <laughs>
4: See, I, I knew what you was talking about. <laughs>
6: you dance? You're solid, murder, Jack. Right on the beam.
4: Yep, my beam is getting better all the time. <laughs> Place that one in your pipe and smoke it.
6: (laughs) What a square!
4: Yep, that's me, kid. (laughs) But to get serious, Dolly, I got some great news. What? I got a raise today, and you know what I'm up to? A cool 20 simoleums a week.
6: Oh, Archie, that's wonderful. When does it start?
4: That's the beauty of it. It's retroactive. Starts next week. (laughs) So, Dolly... Now there's nothing standing in our way. As us tubcaps say, uh, we can truck down on that middle aisle, zoot.
6: <laughs> oh. Archie. <laughs> oh, Mary, on twenty dollars a week, why spend fifteen dollars a week in the beauty parlor?
4: There you are. We still got five bucks left.
6: <laughs>
4: twenty bucks a week. Yep, we can have everything we want. Our own little moss-covered cottage, our own box at the opera, horse shows, Long lazy summers at Coney Island. <laughs> Life will be a constant song, Dolly. Say, Archie. Yes, Mr. Roy. Don't you think it's about time Roy meets girl? Roy. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, Mr. Roy, this is Miss Dolly Snapple, my future fiance. Well, how do you do, Miss Snapple?
6: Oh, what a beautiful hunk of man! <laughs>
4: Dolly, please constrain yourself.
6: Where? Where have you been hiding all my life, Utica?
4: This dame is a kleptomaniac. (laughs) Mother told me to be dames like
2: this. (laughs)
4: Thing, yes. Can you imagine the kids we'd have? Huh? Your looks, my brains. What a start in life, huh?
2: <laughs>
4: and I want the kids to have the advantage of every education too. What a thrill it'll be to have my own little boy sitting at my old desk in P.S. four, carving his initials next to mine. It'll kind of justify me for being expelled. <laughs> yep, Dolly, we'll really be living.
1: Hey, Miss Archer.
4: Oh yes, what is it, waiter?
1: There's a customer over there just discovered he ain't got any money And he's already ate half his dinner
4: Oh, is that so? Well, I'm afraid we'll have to make an example of the guy
1: Well, what will we do, make him eat the other half?
2: <laughs>
4: no, Eddie, I'll handle this Just bring the bum over here and I'll... Big guy or a little guy? Little guy just bring the bum over here and I'll massacre him. Where is this moocher, anyhow?
7: Over there. Hey, you. You are speaking to me? Yeah,
4: do you make a habit of mooching meals like this?
7: My dear sir, And meals like this, one does not live long enough to make a habit of it.
4: Oh, a wise guy, huh? Eddie, ejaculate the bum. Me? Yeah, you.
1: Well, uh, 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 uh what... Why not let him off easy? Why not compel him to wash the dishes?
4: That's an idea. We'll make him wash the dishes. Okay,
1: I'll go get the hammer and chisel.
4: (laughs) You heard that, didn't you, bud? If there's one thing we don't... Look, you might at least have the decency to stop eating while I'm talking to you.
8: Please,
7: my dear man. Have some sympathy for a poor, starving artist. An artist? What do you do? I'm an opera singer. Oh, yeah? What operas did you ever sing in? Oh, the a the room?
4: Please, watch your language, this lady <laughs> here. <hand. laughs> I'm asking you a simple question. What operas did you sing in? I'm telling you. Rigoletto, Kahnhauser. Maybe this guy's okay at that. Look, bud.
7: He us 35 cents for the supper. How about singing a song for it? What? You want the Metropolitan Opera Star to sing a song for a 35-cent supper? Okay, then have it your way. Wait. Uh, maybe we can reach an agreement, huh? A waiter? An order of a pile of mood.
4: Well, first you gotta sing.
2: <laughs>
7: oh, dear. Uh,
4: <clears throat> what's your name? I'll announce you. Marek Winheim. Well, what are you gonna sing? La Donna Immobile from Rigoletto. Folks, a guy from Rigoletto will now sing an opera.
2: <laughs> and
4: anybody that throws anything at him gets a bust in the nose. I thank
2: you.
8: <laughs> La donna è mobile, qual più malvento, muta da e di pensiero. Sempre un amabile, leggiadro viso, in fianco in riso, e menzognero, la donna le he motil, qual più malavento, muta d'acquemeto, e di pensier. Oh, yes, e di pensier, e <laughs> 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 Oh, my God. E' sempre misero chi a fida, s'affida, chi le conchida, mal cauto il cuore. Ormai non sentesi felice a pieno, e su quel seno non riva amore. La donna è morta, il un mal
2: muta sé.
8: He and
2: Pierre
8: Edith
5: Wendy, that was sheer bravado. Uh, congratulations, Mr. Winheim. Thank you. Good boy, you got a voice like a title. <laughs> ain't
7: kidding. Me. Well,
5: look, uh, you ain't never gonna get no way singing words that nobody
7: understands. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, but it was written in Italian. It just couldn't be sung in English. Not even if you cleaned it up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Please, will you stop
5: pestering the artist? Hey, Dolly, wasn't
4: he great?
6: long here. He's really out of this world. Mr. Winheim. you really send me.
4: Here we go again. Now, just a second, Dolly. Maybe he sends you, but I'm the guy that does the receiving.
6: Oh, but what a singer. Where have you been singing all my life, cutie Shoes?
7: I'm going to have to push this James Cutican back. Where have I been singing? Oh, the Metropolitan.
6: Carla. Oh, gee, that's keen. You don't know what a thrill it is to meet a real groovy opera star like you. How about going over to that corner booth and singing me a quick opera, cutie huh?
7: I don't know how about the quick opera, but I guarantee you some fast overtures. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: did you just me?
6: Let's go.
4: The unmedicated girl of that guy. I <laughs> <laughs> ought to throw him right out on his libretto. <laughs>
6: You know
1: something, Mr. Archer? What? If you hadn't told me otherwise, I'd swear that girl was
4: pickled. Don't be silly, Eddie. The guy's been around. She just wants to hear about his experiences. Hear about him? From that look in his eyes, she's
1: about to become one of them. <laughs> uh,
4: answer that, Eddie.
1: Uh, Hello, W Seven Metropolitan Opera Branch. <laughs> Who? Oh, just a minute. Miss Duffin,
4: tell us
9: Oh, thanks, Betty. Hello? Oh, oh, hello, Vera. I'm glad you called. I got an awful problem. I got a date with two sailors. Well, what I wanted to know was, would you come down and wa- wash the ca- cash register? Oh, you got a date. Oh, well, I'll call Wheezy Willamette. Oh, say, Vera, you should see the hot intrigue that's going on down here. Well, did I tell you about the redhead that's got her hooks into Archie? Well, certainly she's trying to get married. Who isn't these days? <laughs> yeah, redhead. One of those suicide redheads. You know, died by your own hand. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, oh, her figure. Well, uh, frankly, she's got the kind of shape that nobody but a fella would think is cute. <laughs> Just a
4: second, Miss Duffy.
9: Oh, I'll call you back, Vera.
4: Hereafter, I will thank you to keep your two cents worth out of Miss Snapple's looks.
9: Well, I didn't say anything behind her back that I wouldn't say about her face. <laughs> you and your Miss Snapple. She happens to have the kind of looks that come out of a beauty parlor.
4: And you happen to have the kind that should go in.
9: <laughs> I
4: don't always be wrapping the other past you because it happens to be a little greener.
6: So I again.
4: Oh. What is it, Miss Snapple?
6: Dollykins has a little favor to ask of her great big Archiekins.
4: Well, kins I mean, uh... <laughs> frankly, Dollykins, uh, Archiekins is a little peeve.
6: Well, if Dolly's great big man is going to be mad at his little Dolly, her little heart is just going to break into little pieces.
4: Well, I'm sorry, Dolly, but when I see you running after every guy in a joint, I sometimes forget how much you love me. Uh, <laughs> Now, what's the favor?
6: Tell me you love me I love you I want you to hire Wendy to sing here
4: Now, just a second What's with you and this crummy opera singer?
6: Oh, Archie, you know men all look alike to me
4: Oh Well, in that case, I guess we can hire him
6: Now you're cooking, Jackson I'll go right over and tell my little Wendykins he's hired Hmm
1: I just can't wait to see what happens when this news reaches (laughs)
4: Duffick. Don't worry, Eddie. I'll think of some way to get rid of the guy. Well, it better be good. I guess I'm a genius. Well, your guess is as good as yours. (laughs) Yep. I figured out how I can get rid of that opera singer and still keep me promise to Dolly. How? Simple. I get Duffy to fire him. You know how Duffy likes opera singers, don't you? In fact, the only time I ever seen him with a gun in his hand was when he heard a guy singing Pagliacci on St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Uh, Duffy will marbleize the guy.
7: Archie, I've just heard the good news. I know the job is not too much. Uh, the pay is small. The place is a rat trap. But nevertheless, for what you have done for me, I kiss your cheek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get a load of this guy! <laughs> Are you lucky you didn't get him a job at the Metropolitan?
6: Archie, is just too, too sweet of you to hire Windy Kim.
7: And you, Mademoiselle, you too deserve a reward. I kiss your hand. Mm-hmm. Just a second.
6: Archie, please. Being kissed on the hand gives a girl the most romantic feelings.
4: How do you like that? All these years I've been shooting at the wrong target. <laughs> now look, Wendy, there's one thing I forgot to tell you. What's that? Before you sing here, Duffy himself has to audition all singers. Uh,
7: but does Duffy like opera?
4: Eddie. Did you hear that? Does Duffy like opera? You might as well ask me, does Finnegan like Joss's poems?
7: Old Diamond
4: Horseshoe Duffy? (laughs) Why, he'd rather go to the opera than spend an evening at home with his own wife. Well, what kind of opera does he like? Uh, what kind of opera? Uh, uh, Russian. Russian. Them sad Russian tones. You know, a dirge or a samovar. (laughs) Uh, you wouldn't like an Irish song, hmm? Irish? Oh, Irish forbid. <laughs> Eddie, did you hear that? <laughs>
1: oh, sir, I should shudder to think what would happen if you were to sing an Irish song to
4: old Tavares Duffy. <laughs> i better call Duffy and tell him you're going to sing a Russian song, huh? Hmm, I'm beginning to smell a herring. <laughs> Hello? Hello, Duffy. I got a singer here I want you to listen to. Okay. Just gave you a terrific build-up. <clears throat> Thanks. <laughs> Now, go ahead. A nice
7: Russian song now, Wendy, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, I will now sing an old Russian folk song. It is called Alessandra Fyodorovna Ivanovna Mikhailovna Matushka Makrinskaya, meaning in English, Little Mother.
2: What else?
8: my say yes, Сердце моё никому не дополнить, лишь только тебе. В душевных страданиях и мыслях моих одна ты осталась, лишь только одна. Чуть. Rebezuno is a boy, God bless you and you, a mother. Hello?
4: Hello, Duffy? Hello? Hello? You must be so berserk you can't talk. Hello, Mrs. Duffy? Where's Duffy? He's what? He's sitting there with tears in his eyes. It's so beautiful. He didn't recognize the brogue, but the voice was pure Irish. <laughs> what? He says to be sure to hire the guy. Hmm. Well, be a philosopher,
7: Mr. Archie. You still got your girl. Hmm. Well, congratulations. congratulations, Wendy. You're hired. Well, viva la moda Makrinskaya. Come, Dolly. We celebrate.
6: Lower the ladder, Jackson. I'm climbing aboard. Good night, Archie, Kim.
1: Hmm. Oh, now be a philosopher, Mr. Archer. You still got your $5 raise.
2: <laughs>
4: Hello? Hello, Duffy. Huh? The opera singer's salary? That will have to come out of what?
2: Oh.
1: Be a philosopher, Mr. Archer. You still got your job. <laughs>
2: I'll be traveling for this evening. But let's be
4: here again at the same time next week.
10: So, come along to Parky's restaurant and say hello to Betty Rhodes, Opie Cates and his orchestra, David Street, and our genial host, the star of our show, Parky Carcass!
11: Oh, my. Ever since I got that reward of $2,500 for catching that gangster, Charlie the Rat, I became a big celebrity. <laughs> Everywhere I go, people stop me in the street and they ask me for my autocrat. Just, I'm even getting fan letters now. Listen to this fan letter. This is the best fan letter I ever got. It says Dear Park would you like to buy an electric fan?
2: <laughs>
11: ah, and here's a postal card from a soldier friend of mine in Paris. You know, I could look at this picture of the Eiffel Tower all day. Let me see what this letter says. Dear Park Yakakis, in checking over our records, we found that you still owe us 50 cents for the book we sold you called A Thousand and One Ways to Make a Million Dollars. (laughs) Please send us the 50 cents at once as we are going into bankruptcy. (laughs) I guess they were so busy they didn't have a chance to read the book. Ah, everybody only thinks about money. But what is money? Money is only a disease. But it's
12: such a good
11: disease.
6: <laughs>
11: well, hello, Betty Rose.
12: Hi, Parky. Say, aren't you the popular one? Look
6: at all that mail.
11: Yes, Betty, I'm getting mail from all over the world. Somebody even sent me a bottle of cough medicine from way out in Kappa City Ips.
6: The Kappa City Ips? Yes. Gee, I never heard of that place. You
11: didn't? There it is. You can read it right there on the label. Kappa City Ips,
8: you see.
12: Kappa City Ips? Yes. This says capacity, one
2: pint. <laughs>
11: well, you know, I must have read that while I was in the subjunctive mood.
2: <laughs> you know, Betty,
11: I received hundreds of letters, and it's only because people know that I got $750 left, I've got the reward. And as soon as they find out you got a little money, half the people want you to give
12: it to them, the other half wants to take it away from you. Hi, Betty. Hello, Opie, Hello Opie. Will you boys excuse me because I've got some work to do. Sure, go ahead. Hey, Parky, I want to talk to you now that you got some money. You know, I've been playing in the restaurant here with my orchestra for six months without any salary.
11: That's right, Opie, but don't forget, for six months I've been feeding you and your orchestra for nothing. Yeah, but we went 50-50 with you on the eats. How did you go 50-50 with me on the eats?
12: Well, you supplied the food and we supplied the appetites. That sounds fair enough. You see, Parky, the boys in my band like to hear the sound of money jingling in their jeans. Now that the war is over, I can't tell them that money is rationed anymore. (laughs)
2: Look,
12: Hoppy, starting today, let's put everything on a cash basin.
11: I'd like to pay you and your orchestra a salary, and then you can pay me for my food. Now, I've been keeping records of all the food what you and your fellas ate in the last six months yet.
12: Okay, and I've been keeping track on the number of hours we played here in the restaurant. I can tell you exactly what you owe me and these boys up to today. All right, let's straighten everything out. Now, here's my books.
11: Your fellas have eaten 11,342 meals. Now, that comes to exactly $7,369.15.
12: Okay, Parker. and here's what you owe us for the music. We've played for you exactly 7,369 hours. And at a dollar an hour, that comes out to 7,369 dollars and 11 cents. What's 11 cents for? That's for my agent.
11: (laughs) Your agent gets 11 cents? How can he
12: live on that? Oh, he handles another client besides me. (laughs)
11: All right, let's see how this thing figures up. Now, you owe me $7,369.15, and I owe you $7,369.11. Now, I got to subtract. A push to there it is. You owe me exactly $0.04. Cents. So, Hoppy, if you give me $0.04, cents, that'll make us all even.
12: Well, Parky, I ain't got $0.04. Cents.
11: You don't got $0.04? Okay, then we'll have to leave it the way it is. You owe me $7,369.15...
12: And I owe you $7,369.11. Well, I'll tell you something, Parky. You know, it's a pleasure to do business with you. Thank you. (laughs) Say, pardon me, but could I interrupt you two big financiers long enough for Opie to run over a song with me? It's called If I Loved
2: You.
11: Oh, Betty, if you really loved me, you'd sing that song right now.
2: try to say, for I want you to know, if I loved you, words wouldn't come in an easy way. Thank you.
9: That's beautiful. Thanks, Parky. Oh,
11: hello, David Street. Hiya, Parky. Well, how's the big money man today? Fine. You know something, David? It's a pleasure to see you. Since I got all of that money, you're the only man where I can say good morning to without it don't cost me $2.
10: (laughs) You're right, Parky. Yes, sir. Be very careful of anybody walking in here with any get rich quick ideas. If any of those fellas come around here, you just give them the cold shoulder. Yeah, cold shoulder's all gone. They'll have to take beef stew. That's all I got.
2: (laughs) No,
10: Parkey, what I mean is that any man who tries to have you put your money in any wildcat proposition is a faker.
12: Oh, hello, David, when would you come in?
10: Just now, Betty. I was just trying to warn Parkey against any Sharpies who might be coming around here with any money-making schemes.
12: Oh, you're so right, David. The leeches have been in here already. One of them's been chasing Parkey all week. A man by the name of Orville Sharp.
10: Orville Sharp? Why, I know him. He's just a broken-down bum. He's always borrowing nickels and dimes from people. Oh, that's just because you don't want
11: to break big bills. <laughs> Why, he's got a big business he, make, he takes people's money and he invests it for them, you know Why, he makes millions
2: <laughs>
12: Parky, you're so gullible Why, that Mr. Sharp is nothing but a phony And you'd better be careful of him
9: Oh, David, would you please carry this typewriter into the office for me? i
10: will be glad to, Betty Let's go
13: Well, well, if it ain't my good friend, Mr. Parky Carcus.
11: Oh, come right in, Mr. Sharp you know something? We were just talking
13: about you. Your nose must be burning.
2: <laughs> hey.
13: Really, hey? Yes. Well, that's very nice. And uh, now, Mr. Parker Carcass, I just stopped by to congratulate you. What is it? I got some great news for you. Yeah? Natch. You know something? This, Mr. Parker Caucus, happens to be your red letter day. Uh huh. I've been thinking this whole thing over, and I finally decided to accept every cent of your $750 and take charge of it for you.
11: Oh, gee, Mr. Sharp, I wouldn't take advantage of you like that.
13: (laughs) Oh, no, that's okay, Bob. Uh, But before I can accept your $750, uh, you'll have to answer just a few questions to make sure you're the type I want to make a lot of money for, see? Oh,
11: you're very particular who you take, huh?
13: (laughs) Natch! Uh, now the first uh, uh, the first question: uh, Have you got any objections to making a million dollars? Well, none that I can think of offhand. Well, now that's swell. Uh, you understand that it'll be necessary for you to go to the gymnasium so that you can develop the muscles in your arms.
11: Oh, sure. I, why, do, why do I have to develop the muscles in my arms?
13: Well, so that they'll be big and strong to carry those big sacks of money to the bank every day. Hey, yeah, they're pretty heavy, you know. Couldn't I make two trips?
2: <laughs> Snatch!
13: Okay, you passed the examination with flying colors. Good. Now, if you'll just hand over the $750, I'll dash on my way so as I can lose no time and investing it for you.
11: Oh, look, Mr. Sharp, I like to think this thing over for a couple, to three days. You see, this $750 is all the money I've got in the world, and if I give it to you to invest for me, then I'll be left without no cash. Cash? Yes. Well, what do you need cash for? Oh, you don't can tell what might come up sometimes, you know. I might even meet a nice girl and
13: want to get married. Get married? Nat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
13: see. You want to get married, eh? Yeah. Okay. You think it over and I'll see you in a couple of days. Oh, my goodness. This is very embarrassing. What happened? Uh, did you see my wallet laying around here with several hundred dollars in it and a huge diamond ring? I must have dropped it here somewhere. So. No, I didn't see it. Gee, I hope you didn't lose lost it. Well, let it go. If you find it, just keep it as a reward. Uh, hey, uh, uh, But that does leave me without no money, don't it? Yes. Uh, say, chum, could you loan me 50 cents? Uh, I got a dinner appointment with a big banker, and tonight it's my turn to take the check, see? <laughs> oh, sure, here's the half a dollar. Ah, gee, thanks, Mr. Caucus. Well, what do you know? He wants to get married. Uh, good night, Mr. Caucus.
11: Good night, Mr. Sharp. He's a nice fella. How can Betty and David say that a big money man like him is a faker?
12: Opie Gates'
10: is clarinet and his orchestra play, Lou. Lou.
3: Sharp called me up and asked me if I wouldn't drop in and do you a favor.
11: Oh, do you know Mr. Sharp?
3: Why, oh, he's my best friend. He is, huh? Now, uh, Mr. Park, your carcass, do you want to get married?
11: Are you proposing? Of course not. <laughs>
3: Here's my card.
11: Your card, the Lonesome Hearts Matrimonial Get-Together Bureau. Remember our slogan, your mate is in our hands.
3: My name is Steele. Steele? Yes, Montgomery Steele. How do you do Now, mister Parkycarcus, you you're unhappy, and that's where I come in. I'm unhappy because you came in? Don't. Dear me, no. It's because you're not married. There's no reason for it. Because for every man, there's a woman. And for every woman, there's a man. That's a pretty good arrangement, isn't it? Yes, it is. Now, it's my business to find the proper mates for people. I see. Tell me, have you ever heard the love call of one bird to another?
11: Oh, yes. One day last spring, I heard a... A little birdie was singing, tweet, tweet, tweet. And there on my windowsill was a little robin pink breast. Robin pink breast? Yes. You mean a robin redbreast? No, this one was anemic.
2: <laughs> well, do you know
3: why that robin was anemic? No, why? It was because he didn't find his mate.
11: Oh, I see. He didn't
3: know what love was. Now, somewhere there was a robin waiting for him. And the same thing applies to you. Oh, I wouldn't marry a robin.
2: <laughs> no,
3: no, mister Parky Carcass. Oh, look, here. I brought along our latest catalog filled to the brim with pictures of beautiful women just waiting for a man like you. Really? And for a small fee, I can arrange for you to meet and marry any one of them. Let me show them to you. Now, look here.
11: Isn't this a beautiful girl? Oh, nice. She is gorgeous. <laughs> That's her name on the bottom there? Betty, Grable? Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs>
11: Tell me, how comes a beautiful girl like this is still single?
3: Just waiting for a man like you to come along. Really? Yes, or maybe you prefer a dark haired girl. Uh, <clears throat> take a look at this picture. She is she a knockout.
11: What's her name? There's a name right there. Dorothy L'Amour. Dorothy L'Amour? Uh-huh. No, something, she's beautiful enough to be in the movies. Yes. <laughs> Dorothy because that's not a good name for the movies. No. Too hard to remember. Yeah. it be much better when it's Dorothy Parky <laughs>
2: That's much easier, I think.
3: Yes, it is. Much easier. I say, Mr. Parky uh, <clears throat> do you go to the movies
11: very often? Uh, no, I don't. You see, the sound hurts my ears. I'm waiting for silent pictures to come back.
2: <laughs> it's a
11: very good idea.
3: Now, look here. If you think you've seen some beautiful girls, feast your eyes on this lovely lady. Oh, my. Betty
11: Hutton? Mm
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, which one of these three girls would you like to marry? Betty Grable, Dorothy L'Amour, or Betty Hutton?
11: Gee, all three of them are so beautiful, I can't make a choose. (laughs) You know, you know, Mr. Steele, I'd like to marry all three of them, but of course I couldn't do that because that would be monotony.
2: (laughs) Yes,
3: it, yes, it would. I know it's difficult to choose from these
11: three gorgeous creatures,
3: but yes. you can only
11: marry one, and you'll have to make a choice. In that case, I'll have to use the park your cocky system to pick one out. All right. I close my eyes and just say, Eenie, mini, miny, mo. There, I'll marry mo. All right. Well, let's see.
3: Well, you've selected Betty Grable. Very happy choice, and may I be the first to congratulate you. Thank you. Now, if you'll give me my service fee. Yes, uh,
11: service fee, what's that for? arranging
3: your marriage to Betty Grable. Uh, how much is the service fee? How much have you got?
11: $750.
3: $750? Seven th- what a coincidence. Exactly my
11: fee. <laughs> I was afraid of that. Look, first I'd like to meet the girl's family. I'd like to know all her relatives. After I meet her mother and father and everything is all right, then I'll give you the $750.
3: Oh, I see. Yes. You uh, want to meet her mother and father before you give me the money, huh? That's right.
11: Hmm... <clears throat> man and a woman, isn't it?
3: I wonder if I can get Joe and Tessie. What did you say? Oh, do, oh nothing. Nothing at all. Oh. Uh, Would you pardon me for a moment? I'd like to make a phone call. I think I can arrange to have you meet her mother and father.
11: Oh, good. There's the phone booth right over Thank there.
3: You. Say,
10: Parky, who is that seedy-looking character you were just
11: talking to? Oh, that's that's Mr. Steele, David. He's going to introduce me to the most beautiful girl that I've never seen in my whole life. David, who knows? Maybe I'll be the future Mr. Parky of <laughs> Ah, oh, David, maybe I do need a wife. Maybe I do need mothering. Say, David, sing me a romantic song, will you, so that when I meet my dream girl, I'll be in the mood for love? Okay, Parky. Here's a song called Out of This World.
10: beautiful. Thank you, Parky. Oh, here's Mr. Steele coming back. Maybe you two fellas would like to be alone.
3: Mr. Carcass. i i I've made all the arrangements. Uh, M- Betty Grable's father and mother are waiting to meet you. They are? Yes. Let me see your picture again. All right, again. here you are.
11: she's beautiful.
3: Yeah. Uh, now, Mr. Carcass, be sure you bring all your money with you. Uh, you know there's a lot of men who are very anxious to marry Miss Grable. Yeah. I don't want you to lose out. That's why I want you to bring all your money with you so you can make a good impression on the family.
11: Yes, you're right. You know, I, I hope they like me so they'll take me in the family. Uh, don't you worry about their taking you.
3: <laughs> you just bring the $750, and I guarantee they'll
11: take you. But good. Gosh, imagine them taking me. Gee, Mr. Steele, I'm glad I met you. And you know something? That Audible shop was right. This is my red letter day.
10: adventures of Parky Carcass, Opie Cates and his orchestra, David Street, and Betty Rhodes. Tune in again next Sunday, same time, same station.
12: Is it a date? Okay, meet me at Parky's!
0: Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce.